Hello, guys. Hi. Welcome to another episode of When Football Met Soccer, where we talk about all things football on the pitch, off the pitch. Although, well, right now we're during the summer break, so it's only off the pitch. <laughs> there is no on the pitch. Oh, although there is the AFCON. Uh, yes. Under 23 and, and the Euro, Euro under 21. Yeah. And the Women's World Cup in a couple weeks. But, you know, that's. Oh, that that is exciting. That is exciting. But mm-hmm. right now, we're mostly focusing on things off the pitch. That's true. There's so much drama off the pitch, right? Oh my God. It is nonstop. It's like. But honestly, I'm, I'm a bit tired of it. Like, just fucking choose a club and all the. Like, it's not like serious journalism, I feel like, right? But all the back and forth, I think it creates a lot of fodder and it creates a lot of material for fans to get excited about to talk about you know all the back and forth because they could do the deals really easily right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for example this whole mason mount thing why is it that it's they make it like an auction yeah no, why, why are you m- making bids every time and saying okay well after three rounds of bidding we're gonna sit down together and talk but because about that's it. how things work right i know understand like in finance how, at least i understand that that's how things work but they could make their lives easier no but then you won't get the best price like, the idea is to get to the best Why don't price. you just go into a room and just start bidding each other behind closed doors and then come out with an agreement? Yeah. Why do you have to go publicly with all these bids every single time? I think time it's just trying, like, to influence reject, the public. Formally and... reject it and then formally bid again and then reject it. I understand that's it's how so, they do it. It's so, like, I just think I just think that they could make this process easier, but there are reasons why they don't. There are reasons why this is how they do it. Yeah, and everyone getting clicks. And maybe it's also good for uh, all those Yeah, it does generate yeah. revenue and attention yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and drama. And people get bored during the summer without all the, you know, regular season games. And so maybe they need something to, you know, to keep things interesting. Yeah, I feel like we should talk first about the conspiracy theories with uh, Clear Lake Capital and PIF or... Yeah, yeah, so... PIF, to be, to be, yes, to be clear. PIF, to be piffy. There was a lot of news out recently some drama surrounding uh, Chelsea again mm-hmm. uh, and our favorite Saudi Arabia so PIF as you said is the Saudi Arabia Public Investment Fund and the drama was surrounding actually Clear Lake Capital so it's a private equity firm and along with Todd Bowley and two others they acquired Chelsea last year and so Bowley along with Clear Lake led this consortium to be able to buy Chelsea uh, I think for for 4.25 billion pounds. Uh, Clear Lake actually owns the majority of Chelsea. They own 60%, mm-hmm. which I actually wasn't aware of. I mm-hmm, actually mm-hmm. thought Todd Bowley was the majority shareholder. Uh, shareholder. He, does have, he does have uh, experience in private equity as well in deal making. So he's yes, not just yes, some correct. random rich dude. Right, right. And then it came out that uh, the Saudi Public Investment Fund, PIF, uh, has billions of pounds of assets managed by Clear Lake, right? And I checked. Uh, Clear Lake has around 70 billion assets under management. Mm-hmm. So if they have reportedly several billion, maybe that puts you at what, 5%, something like that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, when Chelsea was bought last year, they insisted that there was no Saudi involvement. Uh, so when Clear Lake bought Chelsea along with Todd Bowley and others last year they said no there's no Saudi involvement PIF also owns Newcastle and it was actually announced actually only just a few weeks ago that PIF is the owner of uh, 75% of the four teams in the Saudi Pro League so it's the three top ones Al Etihad, Al Nassar, Al Hilal mm-hmm. and also Al Ahli it's my pronunciation not terrible okay so the the first three are kind of the top three teams right Mm -hmm. you would say and then Mm -hmm. al-akhli is not as good yeah but these are but coincidentally or not these four are the the teams that are mostly involved with all these transfer news in europe buying players from europe are these four teams that piff now owns Mm -hmm. 75 percent of each Mm -hmm. uh and so people are saying a lot on twitter journalists pundits fans saying that now Saudi owns Chelsea in some indirect way, saying that Chelsea is cheating because basically they're trying to offload all these players to Saudi Arabia so Mm -hmm. that PIF can help them balance their books because they have a huge deficit on their books and because of financial fair play, they need to be able to get some players out to be able to spend the money as well and all that stuff. And so they're kind of finding this loophole and they're cheating and it's not fair. And Saudi Arabia actually now also owns two clubs in the Premier League because of this indirect ownership. Um, What do you think? I think it's people are reading way too much into this. Uh, Clearly, Capital and Bolli, 
like they i'm pretty sure clearly capital has a wide network of investors that could be sovereign wealth fund that could be high network individuals that all have or are taking some sort of a participation in the in this pe fund or all this pe firm so this is not surprising you don't know how many people are participating in this fund you don't know there's so many right and i'm pretty sure they don't have like a high high exposure because they probably have some cap on how much saudi can own and also clearly capital probably has uh, a lot of say into what they invest in right it, there's no one no one can say that PIF has a huge say as to where Clear Lake is putting their money in, no? Yeah, no, no, yeah, exactly. Like they, once you sign with them and once you decide to buy a, a share or an equity portion of the, the private equity fund, I don't think you can just tell them, okay, no, I, I want my money here, I want my yeah, money here. Yeah, right? you, you, you won't be able to say that because they have some sort of discretion on how they can invest. And that's the whole point of also putting your money in a private yeah, they equity have a, firm, right? Exactly, they have a, a like, a, what do you call it, a fiduciary responsibility, and they also have discretion around what they can and cannot invest in, right? So that's the whole point, right? It's not a it's not a passive investment. Mm-hmm. Like, those people are have, like, a some sort of active role in deciding okay i want i think this company is better i think this company they will review the financials of the company that's the business of a pe uh, or a private equity if people don't know it that people that listen to us is simple they buy something cheap for a really cheap price and then they do a bunch of things with it they maybe talk to management they change management they invest in it and then they would sell it later on for like a lot of money that's the basic example so a pe firm is probably not in the business of just squandering money they don't want to be doing that and also they will decide on how to invest like they have the, like they have a say it's not just like a pass-through or something that you can just invest in so i don't think that this is as straightforward and i think really people are reading too much into it at the end of the day Chelsea has good players. They have a lot of good players. Ziyech, Koulibaly, all these people are very good players. Like, any team would want them. This, they're not just people who are, oh, they're ready to retire. No, they're not. So, Saudi is lucky to be able to get all these players because they have a lot of money. And the Saudi league is a league that is in development. And if you think about it, maybe perhaps also Todd Bowley was smart. That he created, he maintained and created these connections with people in Saudi Arabia so that that if there's a relationship, you know what? I'm going to buy your players instead of someone else's players. I mean, it's not necessarily like because, come on, Saudi Arabia has so much money. They're investing everywhere. They're very diversified. And they're getting a good price. Well, no, no, I'm just saying like chances are they have money in a lot of private equity firms. Yeah, of course. So everyone, a lot of. Like companies out there, a lot of investors out there have money in multiple Exactly. So funds. we just got to accept that their money is everywhere. Mm-hmm. They're really diversified. Like other so- like right? other sovereign And they're funds. really smart about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why Why is it that if we, if let's say if we found out that the Norwegian sovereign fund is somehow st- like, you know, has money in some private equity firm that earns another club in Europe, I don't think we're going to get the same outrage. Yeah. Just people didn't actually go and, and look maybe. Well, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. So, okay. So if I'm Saudi Arabia, right. And my plan is to get a bunch of good players at a good price. Where would I go? I obviously will go to Chelsea, right? Because Chelsea has a massive squad. They have way too many players and we have way too many good players. Exactly. And I'm pretty sure they're getting a good price. Right. Because they're also thinking, well, Chelsea's desperate to let them exactly, go. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So, so I'm going to take exactly. advantage of So why of would that? I go to fucking Madrid? Why would I go to Barcelona? Well, why would I go also to Also this argument of trying to help Chelsea, like that would be against their interest against Newcastle. So it doesn't really make sense, right? Like if you're going to help Chelsea, that, that's not in favor of the other club that you own in champ in um, sorry the premier league mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it's- i just this whole argument about they're cheating and they can't do this it doesn't really strike me as very convincing and plus when a lot of money is involved when really powerful and rich people are involved there's nothing that you are going to find out that is quote unquote really fair or really you know can see the light of day and there's no corruption and no one can say anything about it, right? Because a lot of this stuff is gray and a lot of stuff we don't actually know. So I don't, I mean, and this is not, if you're going to talk about the most explicit, outrageous, egregious acts, this is like by far, like and, really far from it. And, and and let's be honest. Yeah, Saudi has a lot of money, but they're not in the business of just giving people money, right? I'm not just going to overpay because, oh, you, or I know you, or like I'm investing in the fund. And so basically, because I'm investing in the fund, I'm going to do you a favor 
and overpay. No, obviously they won't do that. They want to get a good price. I Everyone is looking they, to get. They're doing good business because there are players, for example, Conte, who left for free because it was the end of his contract, mm-hmm. right? And if you think about it, it is, some people did point this out, which is that English clubs and other perhaps European clubs have been doing this. They've been buying players for a lot of money. But because it's Europe, no one says anything about it. Yeah. No, no, yeah, right? uh, no I agree. I agree. Like, And if they decide to pay the players a lot of money, that's because they want to incentivize players to come. If these players, they just saw that Saudi's trying to build this massive league. They saw Benzema, uh, Neves, and like Cristiano Ronaldo is going there. So they're like, okay, why am I not going to go there? Maybe I'm going to get a lot of money. I still don't understand their decision because these players are still good, can still play in Europe. So I don't really understand why they're all going. I, I, I have yet to figure that out. Why is Ziyech leaving so early? Why is Koulibaly, who is still a very good player? A defender can't last for a long time. Look at Thiago Silva. right? He's been there for a long time. So why are they going? Is Saudi Arabia going to be successful in constructing this massive league? I mean, one could argue that it's better to have good schools that produce uh, good players instead of buying these players. But if you're buying young players, then why not? And they already have a league that's not too bad. So... Honestly, I don't know. Nobody talked too much about Iniesta going to Japan and getting paid a lot of money. So Iniesta, before all this kerfuffle in the past three years, was one of the highest paid players in the world because he was getting paid so much money from Kobe, uh, Vissel, I don't know what the, what the club's called, and other players as well. So why why didn't we talk about that? I mean, that? there's a difference in the sense... China as well, right? Right. So China did try to attempt this a little bit if, um, a, a while back where they were buying some players and at some point they stopped Mm -hmm. doing it. Perhaps it wasn't as successful. Maybe they weren't able to continue to attract these players. And if you think about it, China, of all places, should have the potential to succeed, right? They have a huge population to tap into. But they don't have the culture, right? Well, that's what I'm saying. They could potentially get all those Chinese people to start watching their local leagues. Yeah, yeah, but then you have to, like, construct, like, you have to, like, build this football culture you have to build like saudi has a strong football exactly culture. so i That's understand i understand the difference so to be honest i think it's like if they're smart and they do their business well mm-hmm. it could work to an extent saudi you mean. yeah yeah um but I, because from what i've seen honestly in at least in the sporting world uh, the Saudis and you know the Emiratis—they've made really good business decisions. They have, they have. Uh, maybe uh, Qatari questionable, but no, no. But they still made good business. I mean, regardless of what you think, what Dubai, where it was four years ago, deserts, and where it, where it is right now, it's massively. Different. Oh no, no, no! I like just, all of I these just countries. meant, I just meant in sporting decisions. Oh, you mean sporting, sporting decisions? decisions. Yeah, no, okay. no, business decisions, of course. Like no one, no one can deny that. Just go to the country and visit, and you'll see. But I just meant in terms of buying football clubs, making these investments, buying players, all that stuff, they have made pretty good decisions. And if you look at how Newcastle City and all these teams have approached, just I'm just saying putting PSG aside, they have made good decisions and none of them have been that egregious. It's just that because it comes from a foreign source, people have a lot more questions mm-hmm. about it. They yeah. examine it and more. It's not even a foreign source. It's a, a Middle Eastern foreign source because we should talk about America. And it is, it exactly. And it is funny because especially from the US point of view, maybe those people are European, so it's slightly different. The US has such tight relationships yeah, with Saudi so, Arabia, yeah. such that if you say, well, it's coming from Saudi Arabia, Considering the such close-knit relationship we have with them, it should be like our friend from across the ocean, you know? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. why are we having such... Because literally, we do so much business with them. We rely so much on the oil. We're all in cahoots because Saudi Arabia is, should be like one of your best friends, your best buddies. But it's it's a foreign... It's an unfamiliar thing and we need to question it. I do think that if it was happening in the US, people would be questioning it less. Mm, possibly. Yeah, possibly. Just because the nature of the US market... Like, it's just the highest better. Who's willing Who's willing to pay more money? No, I just meant that in the sense that people in Europe, in the in the Western media in Europe, have this yeah, but- different perspective of the Middle East and Saudi Arabia, countries like that, where they would maybe come from it in a perspective of bad faith. Like, I'm going to I'm going to examine you with a with already like a but biased the, perspective. The argument is a little bit fucked because they're saying, oh, it's because you have so much money. It's not fair that you just get in, coming in and buying all these clubs. But. Why are you not saying the same same things about the Americans? Like all these Americans coming, and that's what I want to talk about. Like there's mm-hmm. this uh, article uh, f- uh, that was published on Bloomberg, 
the article's title is who really owns your football club i think it's really nice it goes into like a detailed analysis of who owns football clubs in across Europe. So Bloomberg News looked at Europe's top five domestic leagues to analyze how the ownership across the 98, uh, 98 clubs has changed since 2005, which is the years when, when the year when the Glazers uh, completed their takeover of Man United for a billion dollars. So uh, people talk a lot about sovereign wealth funds or they're the ones who actually own most of the club. That's actually not true. They need to look at Wall Street. And I think that's that's very important. That's like a huge piece of the equation that people are missing. So sovereign backed investment funds or the subsidiaries now own five clubs. So only five clubs, including Man City through City Football Club. That's kind of like the group that owns Man City, mm-hmm. owns Girona and owns like New York, New York City FC yeah. or something like that. But Wall Street and specifically PE firms, alternative asset managers and so on own or are the major shareholders in 12 clubs, mm-hmm. including England's Chelsea and France's Lyon. Uh, 55 uh, clubs are owned by high net worth individuals where, or they're, they're the major shareholders, basically just rich people. And 16 clubs are owned by club supporters. So these PE firms or alternative asset managers, what they do is a lot of people have a lot of money. So what they do is they go to multiple funds to invest it. Alternative asset management is when you invest already in a lot of the uh, simple stuff like stocks, bonds and all of that stuff, real estate. And then when you still have money to diversify you go to alternative stuff so alternative asset management could you could buy like paintings you could buy art but you could also buy a football club Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. why are we not making all this kerfuffle about all the pe firms that are or all the wall street because hedge funds could also go and buy buy these uh these these football clubs most of the activity as well has been in the premier league and league one not a lot in la liga no pe firm is owning any la liga club six uh, pe firms in the premier league and four in uh, league a and two sovereign wealth funds in each. I think it's also because, for example, in La Liga and Bundesliga, the the rules are more There's stringent rules, yeah, about yeah. ownership. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, but the problem is, clubs owned by investment funds or PE for funds and all of these types of uh, different funds have not been successful in the Champions League. So I guess apart from uh, Liverpool uh, a few years ago, and the same story goes for sovereign wealth fund only City this year. The, the the thing that I think we should be talking about a lot is how America's coming for European football. And it seems like nobody's talking about it that much. And we're just choosing to focus on four, literally four sovereign wealth funds out of like, uh, or four ownerships out of 98 important clubs. America seems to be coming for European football. Investment firms and high net worth individuals from the US have been the biggest buyers of football clubs in recent years, now owning close to a fifth of the top European teams compared to just two uh, out of the 98 in 2005. So it's a major, major difference. Uh, local ownership is also down 40% uh, uh, over the, 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 the past 20 years. And I think the reason behind why the US is, is, is looking at this market is I think they think it's a growth market, right? And I was reading this and I was really surprised because apparently uh, the revenues from the Premier League is only a little bit higher than hockey, which is kind of, ridiculous so the ranking of the um when we need those americans to get in there to make it more lucrative of course huh? like americans are always looking to make money but don't aren't you surprised that's taken them this long yeah yeah that's true but it hasn't taken them this long right because if you're thinking about rich uh, individuals they've been doing it for a while it's more like the pe firms that took a little Still, bit of time pe firms they're everywhere yeah yeah. they're really yeah. everywhere in the u.s i'm pretty sure as an american but i'm not sold that's the thing because i'm not really sure there is that growth opportunity so uh, when you look at revenues uh, per major leagues in in the world the, the the first is the nfl with 17 or i think 19 billion second is mlb major league baseball with 10.5 third is nba with 9.5 and then fourth is epl with 6.4 and then after that nhl or hockey 4.9 so it's kind of crazy that all these American uh, leagues are the ones that are making so much money. In the Premier League, and you think, oh my God, there's so much money in the Premier League, and it doesn't Because even when compete. you look at viewership, it's probably higher than some of these American leagues. Yeah, no, no, I agree. Like, viewership is massive. But then again, it's like the ability of the U.S. to commoditize, to structure. But that's what I'm saying. You think that there may not be potential, but you never know. Americans are really smart with this kind of stuff, I think. But then Americans, they're doing that with American people. That's the problem, the American market. You don't have that amazing American market with the high purchasing power. So do you really think that that's going to succeed? Yeah, but what if they convert 
a lot of what they're doing in Europe to what they're doing to what they do in MLS. I think getting Messi and Busquets over to MLS is the start mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I do think there's potential of growing MLS to even something huge because basically what you're going to do is you have the high purchasing power of Americans who are going to watch MLS more mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then you already have the west of the rest of the world who love football and you get them to watch MLS too. I think the potential is massive. True, true. True. No, it could be. I I I don't know. I Uh, the fact that these hedge funds and PE firms are doing it, it means that there is something out there. These people are not dumb. They, this is their job. They're like, this is financial engineering effectively. Like, I think when we look at what Chelsea is doing in Todd Boyley, we think they're stupid, but they're not stupid, right? They are in the business no, he's, of making he's just He's just stupid in terms of the actual sporting decisions itself. Yeah, but then again, getting people, like his idea, I think, is to buy young people for a lot of money, then don't pay them a lot of money in wages, and then split the cost over eight years. It could work. I don't know. Like, my point no, is... My my I point guess. is when fans or British fans look at this, they think, oh my God, these people are so dumb. But I don't think they are. Also, can we please talk about this fan ownership thing? Because I think a lot of people in Europe are a lot more conservative and traditional in this way than, mm-hmm. let's say, Americans mm-hmm. are because mm-hmm. they are used to that previous form of ownership, right? Where everyone, every individual owns a little bit, a little piece. I mean, kind of like, you know, how you own a stock, right? In a company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Americans are not really used to that. They are very used to, we're used to seeing private equity firms taking over everything that we have. And so we're used to that. But I do think that it's about time that you need to accept that capitalism has taken over the world, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that there are going to be rich and powerful people who want to invest everywhere. And you cannot hold on to this old way of doing things, of having fan-owned clubs as being the most pure the purest the best form of ownership because that's what's best for everyone i mean it could be i don't know no 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 no, no. individually yes of course i see the point but i, I think it's just it's just very hard to uh, come to sports and decide to regulate football and then the rest of the companies and all the other sectors it's fine to do whatever you want no, to no, do. no that's what i meant i meant like of course i understand from individual perspective you would want that yeah, but, yeah, but you have to just accept that the world is moving forward capitalism mm-hmm. is so powerful you have will have people from saudi arabia because, from the us yeah, investing because, everywhere because other companies before like i don't know a pharmaceutical company was owned by the family or was owned by like a like the specific neighborhood of people in there you know you know you don't know that but things evolved into like all of these capitalist way of doing and things. and plus we have it's such a international sport in mm-hmm. the way that you can't just expect right only people from your local town to support that team because that's no longer the case so you can't say oh it should just be fan owned i mean what about people from india who support manchester united right True. like like yeah. it's it's just not and you if your club has gotten more success and has earned more money and giving you more pleasure you should also accept that that is partially due to the fact that it has gotten foreign investment more attention from the rest of the world and you can't have your cake and eat it too that's true. I'm yeah. sorry. Like, it's just, we just have to accept that there are these other people from all around the world who want to invest. And come on, they like the sport. They think there's potential in it. No, no, I agree. And, and they if they need- could do a good job, we should welcome yeah, them. Yeah, and they need to give them time because what people don't realize, I think, is that football investing is now a type of alternative investment, right? It's a diversification tool for these uh, for the world's most sophisticated investors, which are these hedge funds and PE firms. And you bet your ass these people know what they're doing. They're not like... It's it's not like a rich uh, a rich person or high net worth individual, and it's like specifically their pet project, and they don't care about it. These people have liabilities; they have responsibilities for all their investments. Yeah, especially they, if you're not individual investors. Exactly, they have a financial responsibility. It's a company; they need to make it successful. So, if it's not successful in the short term, these people definitely have a plan. It's not like a random thing. And also, one thing to point out is that it's much cheaper to buy a football club for these American hedge funds than to do uh, like or to buy something in the U.S. So. Um, a consortium including Egyptian billionaire Mohammed Mansour recently paid 500 million to buy the rights for new new US Major League Soccer in San Diego. So just the rights. And if you contrast that with what's happening in football, American investor Robert Platik took over Italian uh, Syria uh, site Spezia, I think it's called mm-hmm. Spezia in 2021 for only 25 million. Oh. Marseille was also bought for Great 45 deal. million. That 45 million in October 2016. So it's much cheaper than how much you would pay for like uh, an, an NFL side or whatever it is. So I don't know. I just feel like it's the new reality. It's not actually the new reality. They've been doing this for years now, but 
it's just that we choose or the fans choose to focus more on the Saudis and the Emiratis and the Qataris, but people seem to forget the Americans. Yep. Americans are very structured. I want to make business. I want for profit. I want to do this, that, that, That's that. That's what makes me think that there perhaps is a bit of Islamophobia in there. Perhaps. Uh, but this is not to say that they shouldn't be regulated, right? Like, no, I agree. You know, right? I agree. There should be very strict rules as to how they can operate and spend money. Mm-hmm. The, the, no one is saying that they shouldn't I, be. I don't know which model works better. Is it this model for capitalism or is it better to have club owned? Because I have actually known, if you look at the Bundesliga, they have a rule that prevents commercial investors from holding more than 49% of the votes. Uh, of the share, vote share, voting shares, I'm sorry, in any club, giving fans co-ownership and the same strategic decisions. But I so do think... if you're not going to buy a club, if you can't make decisions. But do you see how, like, for example, if Barcelona had a different sort of ownership, they may not be in the financial situation that they are yeah, now, Yeah, right? but um, uh, that's actually not true because it, this is just fans basically not electing the right person. Right. That could happen to anyone. Correct. But they, the fans don't, this is like the argument. We're going to have a philosophical de- oh, argument about, about demo- yeah, democracy. Yeah. Right? No, I see what you're saying. I see. What you're How saying. do they know who to elect? Yeah, no, I see. I see. I see. But I don't know. Like Bayern, it worked out pretty well for them. And I but think you, that's but why. But it's also different because Bundesliga does not get, I mean, sorry to German fans, but outside of Germany, compared to La Liga and... But that Premier doesn't League, matter. I they, know don't, what they don't get that much attention. No, I know what you're saying, but like, what matters is the results. And Bayern has been able to keep a but low... But how much money do they make? No, 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 no. Let's talk first about the titles. They've been able to keep a low wage bill, a low, t- low pr- uh, ticket prices, and they've been winning a lot of titles. So if the goal of a football club is to win titles, they have been doing that. But that's, that. they're the exception in that league. Bundesliga is not bad, right? They produce. No, 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 no. No one's saying they're a bad league. I'm just saying. And plus, certain types. What is your metric? Certain types of business models will also work different in different countries. Yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know. At the same time, I could see how uh, these fucking uh, like uh, investment firms are kind of ruining football in the sense that they probably do, the reason why we have all these massive wage bills there's the reason why we have that they're paying all of these crazy prices for all these players that's the problem right because regulators also allow them to do it yeah no there 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 needs to be some regulation or they're trying to get some they're trying to find loopholes that allow them to do something like because in the in the simplest form of capitalism the the highest bidder will get the best player you would think that in europe there are high regulations as to what they're allowed to do and not yeah but then they need to make some money right right no no, i understand but i do think that there's also corruption in the football associations but it's not corruption if there's no rules and if there's like no rules there's not really corruption right well, they're finding loopholes to get around it. There's yeah, not, there's not that there's are not, not loopholes. There's not corruption, Okay, I don't, right? I don't know. Maybe corruption is what... But I'm just saying there's some collusion there in that they may turn a blind eye here or there because to them, maybe making money is more important or something else, right? But, but apparently, you deciding to pay $95, $95 million for a player or like for, during a transaction, it has to be approved by uh, the Premier League or whatever it is. Like, you can't just pay some random, ab- absurd number. Like, they have to approve it and think that it's logical. So that that, also, that already happens. Well, since, you know, peasants like us are dealing with inflation, players should should get their... Because <laughs> right now, it seems like 100 million is pretty normal now. I know. It's like they're normalizing all these crazy prices. But honestly, I think it's going to go down. Because it doesn't, it doesn't make that much sense. To me, it's like this whole... Um, like the way they're valuing players is very weird. Don't you think you can find a model, like a probabilistic or statistical model, where you no, can value players? I think so. Like there's a lot of statistics that you, there are a lot of stats no, that it, you can go off of. Even to like model a prob, like you can like do a probabilistic model because it's kind of like a like a ra- not a, really a random walk, but a little bit like that. Whether they're gonna succeed or not, right? Whether they're gonna score this number of players is a bit random. So you could probably fit a model to be able to get like a an accurate value. I don't know if these. Uh, soccer clubs actually have uh, but I don't models. think that's how they do it no I don't think so I don't, because it's like valuing anything it's like what we discussed before is how much are you willing to pay for it right it's not really how much money it brings you but like how much are you willing to pay for it and I don't know it, it's, a, it's a, I don't I don't I wouldn't go so far as to saying these foreign investors are ruining football or any investor is ruining football they're just changing the way yeah, they're, they're just changing, changing the, the status quo. Yeah. They're changing the way things done. It could turn out to be 
a bad decision in the future, but none of us know that yet. It's still too early to say that they've completely ruined everything, right? People are still watching football. They're still enjoying it. It's still something that people like to do. I would really say you're ruining football if one day so many people get turned off from saying, you know what, I don't want to watch this anymore. It sucks. You could make the argument if one team is dominating every single league for decades and decades. Yeah, of course, that gets the fun out of it. But that's so far from the case. And if anything, if you're going by that metric, I'm sorry, Bundesliga is failing. That's true. Yeah, compared to... Because why I mean, am I going to watch a league where only one team wins every single year? That's not fun for me. I mean, to me. be fair, PSG... It hasn't been winning uh, like it has. It's one fewer. Yeah, no, it's not. Than, few. It's only recently. Before it was, I think. But Leo even in the last the, five, ten years, yeah, they've yeah, lost yeah. a couple titles. Yeah, it's not like Bayern. No, it's not. not. So that's what I'm saying. There, like you said, the different metrics to measure. So if you know, if you go by that and like the pleasure as a fan, especially if I'm not from that country, it's not my own team. It's just I want to watch that league for fun, and I'm not supporting one team over the other. Mm-hmm. I don't think Bundes. I would not choose Bundesliga. And, and also, whatever you want to say about all these capitalistic investments. At the end of the day, Premier League is the best league right now. It wasn't. It became the best league, and maybe yeah. thanks to this thing, I don't know. Like, right. I'm no, I'm not supporting or or like I'm not condoning or anything. But I'm just saying that if I'm if I'm looking at the results, five years ago it was La Liga, and even yeah. before that it was Syria. But I, now it's Premier League. It's to another level for us, the people who watch. It is a, a huge difference between. Premier League and the rest of the leagues, like the, in terms of talent, in terms of everything. So I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe either. there's some correlation. There. I think there's there's good things about the way you do in Europe. There are good things about the way they do in the US and other places as well. I see pros and cons. But but to be fair to your point, it even football is changing, right? Like the the rise of all these different soccer teams this year. That's true. Right. That's true. The like they're doing really well. Like the, Brighton, all these people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And so that's that's one of the reasons why I do think that, you know, if you have all these different different foreign investors in a club, then it's almost like they're competing against each other as mm-hmm, well. Mm-hmm. And you get a different... And I don't think... I'm sorry. As much as City is my team, I do not think that they will be the dominant team for a while. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And especially when, once Pep leaves, what are they going to do? They're going to continue to dominate England and Europe? I don't think so. So it will still be a continuous thing. I think that's what makes it enjoyable. Back when United was just the dominant team, maybe for other fans, it wasn't that yeah, fun. That, we're not going to be... I feel like that's... Those times where there was one club that dominated is gone. It's gone. Because a lot of people have money. Right? Exactly. The, way, the way the word is, there's like, there's like a lot of wealth. And when you have a lot of wealth and you have invested it already in so many things, then at some point you need to diversify it. Then you will get to football because everyone's investing there. And so once you get there, you're always going to find some random rich Chinese dude somewhere who's going to be willing to buy a random club. And you're going to find some random like rich person somewhere else willing to buy another club in so that, that's what I mean when I say basically we just need to accept capitalism is everywhere exactly. and it's stronger than anything and if you have money you speak and if you don't you shut the fuck up <laughs> so shut the fuck up since you don't have any exactly. money I'll shut up uh, so quick transfer news seems like a while ago that a lot of this happened but really quickly so Gundogan is officially confirmed as a Barcelona player which makes me really sad but uh, great good for, news for Barca. Good for him. Good for you. Yeah, it's a two-year deal until 2025 with an option for another year. Apparently, he's a fan of Xavi. Uh, he's getting apparently nine million per season. So, and his wife apparently has been getting has been convincing him to go to Barcelona. Do you see this though? Wives have such a big influence on a lot of their decisions. You know why though? It's because if I were some wag or whatever, not to be an anti, this is not anti-feminist by the way, but if I were a wag, I would not want to live in Manchester. Come on, give me Barcelona. Yeah, well, no, no. I, right? It's like any other job, right? Like when you move to another city, you're probably well, yeah, going to so start with your partner. If you have the option, especially if you already won all this stuff at Manchester, come on, give me something. I want to live in a nice sunny city for a couple years, you know? Like I don't know, but like, why would you leave Man City? Like, let's talk about this. Like all these players that want to leave, wh- wh- who are they? Kyle Walker, Riyad Mahrez, Cancelo, Laporte. I feel like they're all trying to get away from Pep. Actually, not all of them. Kyle Walker, I think, still has a desire to stay. They're still trying to get Bernardo Silva to stay. By yeah, Bernardo Silva. Contract. I forgot about that. That's a very important player. Laporte doesn't want to leave. It's just that Pep probably wants him to leave. That's a different story. I don't know, man. Bernardo Silva and Gondogan both wanting to leave, which are crucial so, players. So, so Gondogan was the captain, obviously. He was Pep's first signing as manager, mm-hmm. right? So it does kind of feel like a new era is coming to City because you have the old guard that 
because he only has one or two players left that were from his first season. I think it's De Bruyne and John Stones. Everyone else is left already. And mm. so basically, you're just going to have a new cohort so that he can kind of train a little bit and be there and, then pass, it have to and then pass it on to someone else who takes over. Are you talking about uh, Gondogan? Yeah, because if you look at Madrid, all of their like really good players did not have to leave. Like, uh, I, I do think the city plays makes a difference. The city what? In which they live. Oh, you think so? That's what I'm saying. Cause I know. You're right, maybe. Cause, like, because maybe come, imagine it. If, if the weather is not nice, there's not much to do, and it's yeah, far away Madrid from a lot of amazing. your... Madrid and Barcelona, you can't really argue with that. Mm, that's true. The weather Even is London. so nice all the time. Even, Even London would be better, exactly. Yeah. But maybe he doesn't want to play for a rival team or something like that. <laughs> I guess that's why uh, was uh, like in Siri did not want to go to London. He was going yeah. to go on loan to Appar- West Ham. Apparently, there are reports specifically in newspapers about how he cannot stand gloomy and rainy yeah, weather. And he was like, Sevilla It's is like, okay, city. well, that's a great argument. And everyone in Morocco, oh my God, you're so dumb. Look at how you're thinking. He was like, I want to enjoy my life. He's never going to come to England. And he won a Europa League, so you can't argue with him. So that's that's what I mean. There are other factors, especially when you've accomplished so much already and you're getting that's older. Why true. wouldn't the city make a big difference? I, I, I genuinely think, because Gunnogan didn't seem like one of those players who had problems with Pep or like who really wanted to leave maybe mm-hmm. maybe there was I don't know but it doesn't seem that way and so I do think that you know other things outside of and plus maybe he was a fan of Barcelona in the past you know a b- bunch of things okay makes sense you know then I'm gonna go to so I think Barcelona is very lucky they have a really good midfielder to yeah, add no, to no, to add to Pedri De Jong and all that uh and I think it's gonna be a very interesting you know, how, how he's going to fit in there. I still doubt they will do much, but it's a fantastic addition, honestly. And the wage yes. bill is not crazy either. Yes. Compared yes. to what Busquets was getting paid. Uh, Kovacic, Kovacic to City is confirmed for £30 million. Pounds. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I think that's also a, a, I think a not a bad signing. It's a great signing. I think Pep can bring out more in him, perhaps. Uh, he's, he's very, very good player. Guardiola as well is coming yes. to City. People are spelling his uh, Guardiola. Guardiola with a V. Which is think's funny, uh, but yeah. So, but that hasn't settled yet because I think Leipzig wants around a hundred million. They want him to be the most expensive center back in Why? the history. Why? I don't know for some ego reason. But like, that seems like a weird thing to achieve. Wait, wait, wait. Ashraf Hakimi coming to Manchester City. That's not happening. According to Marka, Marka is very reliable. Even if Kyle Walker leaves, I don't know if you know they would target Hakimi. Why not? I don't know. I just I just get yeah, the I mean, sense. It's, it's it's a reasonable start. Oh, I would love for him to play for City. I just I just don't know. The, the thing um, is, his contract is until the end of twenty twenty six. He seems to love PSG. Though. No, he doesn't. I'm pretty sure he doesn't love PSG. Nobody loves PSG. I mean, I'm pretty sure he wants to go to another club. Maybe it's just because he's getting paid really I've, well. He keeps also talking about Madrid. Like that was his Madrid. Inter- Maybe he doesn't talk about anything. It's just all these people fucking reporting. I don't know where they get their news from. Like this market specifically, how did they get this news that Pep wants to sign him? So I'm really questioning a lot of these uh, sports journalism and how they report. I things. mean, a lot of them turns out to be false. But in concrete news, Kai Havertz officially to Arsenal for 65 million well, it pounds. Was, it, that's done? It's yeah. a done deal? Will be oh one of God. the highest paid players at Arsenal along with Saka. And how Ar- much is he getting? Uh, I actually don't know. But Arteta, some, somewhere around the 250,000. Okay, so he said, Arteta said, speaking to Marka, I quote, talent comes at a price. And at Arsenal, we are always interested in youngsters with experience. He seems to really believe in him. And he thinks he can excel at Arsenal. Yeah, so so he, maybe... He keeps saying, I repeat, I'm not talking about players from other clubs. But in the case of Kai, he has already shown a lot, including in the Champions League. He's a talented player, versatile, versatile and only 24 years old. So can we talk about his actual numbers? Because to me, this valuation is fucking ridiculous. In the year of 2022 or 2023, he played 35 matches. Only scored seven goals and one assist. Okay, sure. <laughs> Apparently, this guy's worth 65 million. Let's just write this season off because of the transition sure, of ownership, sure, blah, blah, blah. Sure, 21-22. Okay. 29 matches. He only scored eight goals and three assists. Okay. 20-21. 20, 27 matches. Four goals and three assists. Okay. COVID. He got COVID. hit oh, by COVID. Poor, poor kid, poor kid. <laughs> then the season before that, which was in um, uh, Dortmund or Leverkusen. I think Leverkusen, sorry. 2019 20, uh, 30 matches, 12 goals, and six assists. So his best one was when he was in Leverkusen, which doesn't mean much because it's a completely different league. It's the Farmers League and all of that stuff. I, I don't really understand this valuation. That's why I think it's fucked 
that all my nice Moroccan players are barely getting any fucking deals done. Like for instance, Amrabat, no club has submitted an official offer to sign him right now. We're all talking about Atletico Madrid, Manchester City, Manchester United, I'm sorry, Liverpool and all these clubs, but nobody thinks because he's good it, enough. Because uh, Barcelona's officially out. Yeah, That's why. so nobody thinks he's good enough. So I don't know, like literally, I've watched Kai Havers and you've watched him multiple times. And also his numbers with Germany are not great either. Is it because he's under some sort of charm? Like, it seems that every manager that Chelsea has had in the past couple years always starts him though i don't know right it's like they they don't there's something that they see maybe that we don't see but it's it's not getting manifested um, and i'm sorry like we're really lowering the bar that's the problem like back in the days like when you had like amazing players like ruben ribery all these like fantastic players that we had in the past they were so good Eto and all these people like the bar was so fucking high i feel like now we're reducing the bar massively for Kai Havers. Nothing against Kai Havers, but he's nothing like these players that I just mentioned. So how is he worth 65 million pounds? This is like, look at even his Germany stats. Two two matches, two goals. Like even in the 2022, 2021, um, 2021 Euro, Euro only had two goals. Euro qualifiers, zero goals. World Cup, three goals. Like it's uh, not nothing crazy. Like nothing I don't know, to maybe, the level. Maybe he's a nice bloke. Okay, sure. Then we're starting to pay we're paying 65. sixty-five million for a nice book. Yeah, that's fine. I, I I don't know. Premier League, the way they if someone plays in the Premier League club, then you have to pay a lot of money for him just because he fucking plays in the Premier yeah. League club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't I don't care. Like if, look at his decision. He has that all the seasons, not that one season. He had three seasons at Chelsea that were abysmal, and he had one goal uh, in the Champions League final. Yes, it was an important goal, but an important goal doesn't make a player. Maybe it's just me, but I don't know. Yeah, and, and Chelsea has been rejecting, we mentioned this, United's bids. They made a third bid of 50 million plus 5 million add-ons. And the counter is 58 million plus 7 million pounds. Uh, oh, are we still talking about him or we move to Mount? We move to Mount, right. Uh, okay. And because this is a done deal, but Mount is not, right? Yeah, I mean, even still Mount, waiting. even Mount. No disrespect uh, to Mount. I like him. But. I see how Chelsea's trying to do a good deal with this. Like, they're trying to squeeze a little bit more money from United. But I do believe, I know that it's not, you know, it's just some news sources reporting this. But I do believe that at some point United might just drop it because, you know, they can get other options like Conceito and stuff. Why are you mm. going so hard for Mason Mount? Dude, I don't know. And then this Declan Rice dude, Arteta side that reportedly willing to break their transfer record to pay 90 million pounds. But West Ham still wants 100. And offer 300k per week to Rice. I mean, dude, yes, Rice is a good player, but is he that good? Is he like this amazing player? And by the way, I, I, as much as I think, I mean, he's a good player, but I don't think that he's going to go to Arsenal and be the game changer. No, they already have amazing yeah. players. I don't so I, maybe he needs someone in the midfield that has that kind of football brain, yeah. the vision and stuff, like to, to help Odegaard out a little. But I, I don't think that he's that player that's going to absolutely revolutionize revolutionize the way Arteta plays. But all the reports that City is about to make a bid as well, I honestly, I'm not sure that he... Why do you need this guy as well? Yeah, I don't think that... I don't know what he would bring to City either uh, to sit on the bench. You're going to buy a hundred million players to sit on the bench? Like... And they've already done that. Like, it, it is really ridiculous. And... And like, I can't, I really don't understand. So if Amrabat's price is around 25 million pounds or euros, so this guy is three times, more than three times better than this guy. Like, and go through the, go through all the, his, like, historical huge signings. They were all a flop, right? Like, look at Griezmann uh, to Barcelona. Look at Dembele to Barcelona. It's very average. Coutinho to Barcelona, obviously. Look at Barcelona's decisions. Like, all these players above 100 million. All of them. No addition at all. You can talk about United's flops as well. Uh, Hazard. Like, same thing. Like, no, just... Like, and those players were already amazing. Like, Coutinho did a lot of things. Like, Griezmann was amazing with Atletico Madrid. I mean, Kai Havers, Declan Rice, I've watched him multiple times. I'm sorry. Like, I think he's good, but not 100 million pounds. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll we'll see where this thing drags on to see what we're finally going to get, you know, actual confirmed news is where he's going. Uh, staying on Chelsea still, uh, you know, all these players confirmed to Saudi Arabia. It's just like a flow of 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 people going out, right? Conte, N'Golo Conte confirmed at Al Ittihad. So he's going to be playing with Benzema. I think he's around reportedly 25 million euros per season. 
N'Golo Kante? Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mendy to Al-Akhli is a three-year deal. He's going to be traveling soon. That's also confirmed. Koulibaly also traveled there. I think he's there already. Mm-hmm. He's going to Al-Hilal, 25 million euro fee. So he did not leave for free. And he's, I think, given a three-year contract. He will also be playing there with Ruben Neves, who they mm-hmm. also signed, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, which is probably, I think for me, the, the biggest deal because yeah. he is the youngest at his peak. Apparently, Barcelona th- thought he was not good enough. Yeah, and he's a great player. Yeah, so. That's why Barcelona didn't get him. They thought he was not. Like, nobody's good enough for Barcelona. <laughs> not him, not Amrabat, not anyone. Well, he'll be... Clearly, because the team is amazing and this team is, like, breaking all records and winning everything after Messi left. They deserve the best. Uh, Ziyech to Al Nasser is the only one that's not confirmed. I think. Yeah, I really hope it doesn't uh, go. I don't know. Because, because, I don't know, once you go, then you won't have the same say with the national team, right? And it will be a difference, right? Like, I don't think uh, the Moroccan coach is going to be as lenient with him. Personally, and, personally, I really hope he doesn't. He changes his mind. Yeah, like, I don't know. Dude, you could still give a lot. I know you want a Champions League and all of that stuff, but even all of them, honestly. N'Golo Kante, Mendy, Koyabali, top, top players. But Literally no, no. top players. But he hasn't won the Premier League. Has he? No, but it's fine. Who'd, who'd... Win, win the league. That's what I'm saying. He still should stay in Europe. Yeah, like just go to the... It's not, like go anywhere. You don't have to go. And like... Who Why else? is PSG not interested? Who else might... I think there was another player that might be going to um, to uh, to the Saudi league. Like another big player. I mean, I don't know. I, Honestly, I don't... I've become a, a bit numb to it at this point. You just... All the news come out. Saudi's trying to sign another player. Saudi's trying to... So at this point, it's like... They're interested in a lot. Of and the sal- their salaries are not even that massive. Yeah, they're like yeah. double what they would have made in Europe. But it's but still no like, taxes. Yeah, no taxes. That's actually true. So maybe Lewandowski do turned it. down a 150 million euro a year offer from Saudi Arabia. Apparently, he wants to retire at Barcelona. Okay. So, mm-hmm. you know, that, there's that. Inter Miami officially announced the signing of Sergio Busquets, who's going to be playing with Messi. As expected. Um, yes. And Jordi Alba may also be joining them. In Inter Miami. Yes, correct. Wow, okay. That's nice. So the, the three of them will be reunited and happy belated birthday to the GOAT. Actually, it was a lot of people's birthdays yesterday in terms of footballers. Wait, who else? Besides was... Messi. Who else? David Alaba. Uh, it was also Mika Richards, you know, that city guy mm-hmm. who's like the host. Nobody it, cares about this guy. It was also Darwin Nunez's birthday. Okay, nobody cares. No, I'm just saying. The, the just fact that you know all these just, birthdays. No, because I online people saying happy birthday they don't know your birthday you know i think there's only one famous person that shares my birthday i think it's shailene woodley or something who's shailene woodley the one from the Our stars oh okay okay okay, i know the kind of weirdo she's a bit of too much of a hippie now apparently she like only drinks certain types of water and like has to do all these charcoal i don't even know thanks for sharing francesca anyway and just i guess one last thing is the united states will be hosting the first expanded 32 team fifa men's club world cup in Woo-hoo. 2025. Uh, so the qualifications will be based on winners of Champions League and then the remaining based on rankings. Europe has the biggest chunk. So out yeah. of the 32, mm-hmm. 12 will be from Europe. So we'll have, we already have three teams qualified. So they won the Champions League, right? Chelsea, Madrid, Man City, and then ne- this coming year's Champions League winner. Mm-hmm. Plus the eight will be based on the UEFA rankings. And then we have four from Asia, from, four from uh, CAF. So Al Ahli and Widad already Go qualified. Widad. Yes, four from CONCACAF and six from South America. I think Flamengo and Palmeiras, Palmeiras, which are both Brazilian teams, I believe, Mm -hmm. have already qualified. One from Oceania. We should not forget about them. Never. And one for the host. Which it will be interesting how they choose who to represent. Eastern Conference, Western Conference. I don't know how they're going to choose that. But there will be one for the host. There will be some playoffs. Yeah, There's maybe. always playoffs. There will be a playoff for the, to represent the U.S., right. So much soccer coming to America. Exactly. So we have Copa America, then we have the Club World Cup, and then we have the World Cup. Please, understand please. that it's three countries yeah, for the World Cup. Yeah, please but don't fuck up the tickets. Ticketmaster, please don't fuck up the tickets. No no tellers with the buckle. Right, exactly. We don't want another lawsuit and angry football fans. I, although I don't think angry, there is no lawsuit. I think that's the problem. Well, that's true. I think angry Swifties are a lot scarier though than angry football fans. So. Yeah, but clearly angry Swifties couldn't do anything. So, well, that's because she chose not to do anything. That's true. I mean, honestly, I am kind of worried because I want to be able to get tickets in a normal way, like reasonable manner. Yeah, reason. Like I don't want to go to Subhub and have to buy some buy something worth five thousand dollars. Obviously, I won't do even a thousand. I won't do. Like we're excited though. Uh, I hope a lot of it is going to be organized in MetLife. Right, which is not far from are. New York, which mm-hmm. is probably going to be the case because it's 
a massive stadium. But then again, how are how is New York gonna support all these people? There's already so many people in and New I York. And I do think foreigners who come here don't understand that they don't need to live in New York when yeah, they stay I here. Know. They don't know. No, but that's, the problem is because of like how suburban the U.S. is. Like then you won't no, live correct. in a real city. But it doesn't matter, right? Because there's so many little cities. You could you could live yeah, in Jersey City. True. You yeah. could live they in Hoboken. They don't even know yeah. that they could live in Jersey City. Yeah, you could live. You could live. You could live in Hoboken. You could live in Weehawken. You could live go upstate New York a little. Yeah, yeah. Or or you could you could live in Philly and then take the train. All the line from like that whole all the lines from uh, Grand Central basically. Yeah, exactly. All the places where the lines in Grand Central go, you could live in any of those places. Right. Just even just go up. No, from no, no. Manhattan I gotta live in Manhattan. Right. That's or Dumbo or Williamsburg. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, I think it's also people are not aware. And you know when people arrive in New York and they 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 arrive at EWR New York Airport like, instead of what instead this? of JFK, they're like, is this even New York? Like, oh, why yeah. is this in New Jersey? Wait, even people my, are very confused. MetLife, New York and New Jersey yeah, it's, area. It's, it's like exactly. It's like this is not even. It's New York MetLife, but why is it in New Jersey? It's it's just like very confused. Wait, wait, wait what city it is? <laughs> Rutherford, New Jersey, or something like that? Elizabeth Rutherford. No, Rutherford. Rutherford. Yeah. So I think that's confusing. And so when they come here, they'll be like. Oh, the only place I can stay is Manhattan. And so Manhattan will just be crowded. I don't know how they're going to be able to... They need to be able to tell people, hey, you can also stay in these other cities. They really, like, it's going to be very difficult. It's really, really difficult. Because of the constant tourists... Let's sublet our apartment. If I decide to price gouge, I think 30% of the, uh, like, regular price, of the actual price is reasonable. So only $500 a night. No, like, you just cap it. Cap it at 30%. But, like, no, double. Like, okay, max 50%. Yeah, you know, there should be some regulation because... And I, I would apply this to myself. So I want to be reasonable. People coming to New York will already be shocked by the prices of everything else. Oh, I have to go spend $20 to buy a bagel. Cool. I know. <laughs> like, uh, how much are you going to even spend on this trip? It's going to be insane. But then again, maybe a lot of it is going to be just Americans traveling and actually buying. Those I people actually don't know. But there are really dedicated fans who are going to be traveling from all over the world why, why, are, why are you saying that it's yeah, not going to be I, I would want to come visit the u.s why not so apparently as well since we're talking about this uh, uh saudi has um is no longer in the race to organize the 2030 uh, uh world cup i'm not sure how accurate this is but saudi but like there's a lot of reports that say that saudi arabia has withdrawn its race or how would you withdraw from the race to host uh, the 2030 FIFA World Cup? It was reported by Marca, I think, and they were supposed to um, have a bid with Egypt, Greece. So this is better for Morocco, Portugal, Spain. So I really hope that that's going to be the case. Morocco came out this this week saying that they they will like build this massive stadium in Casablanca that will have like 90,000 or more uh, uh, people. So let's see. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't make sense for Saudi Arabia because since they're, as you said, they're doing all this stuff with all these players. And it's then suddenly in their they contract to help promote the World Cup. Yeah, so suddenly, so suddenly we paid you all this money. It doesn't make sense time. to me. Maybe you're saying in the future, but in the future, they why they won't even be playing anymore. Why would, would Benzema still be there in several years? But then again, years? they haven't given the, the World Cup to Europe in a while, right? So you... Morocco has no chance, but because you have Portugal and Spain there, mm, they haven't gone in ages. We'll see. I think this is all speculation. Why don't we just <laughs> Fucking wait? Marca. Why don't we just wait? As you call action? it, Marsa. Because it's Barca. <laughs> it's so funny, Mar- Marsa. Okay, good. It makes sense because it's Barca. It does not make but sense. I think it's the C with the little thingy on it. Barca, it is, but yeah, Marca is not. Meant. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry, I don't speak Catalan. Okay, sure. Okay, apologize to all the Catalans out there. I don't speak your language. It seems very hard, okay? It's very hard. <laughs> Okay, well, that's it for us today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please give it a five-star review wherever you're listening from. And we'll see you in the next one. Bye.